NCN News. I'm Mike Riley. House Democrats are set to present the U.S. Senate with articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump tomorrow. The decision was reached at a private meeting by the Democratic caucus. CBS News correspondent Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill says the House impeachment managers will be selected tomorrow as one of the next steps. They probably won't all come from the House Judiciary Committee. You'll probably have members uh, of the Intelligence Committee, members of the Oversight Committee, members who are familiar with the case, who sat in on those depositions and hearings and know the evidence backwards and forwards. Two resolutions involving the right to keep and bear arms were a fiery topic during Monday night's Beaufort County Commissioner's meeting. Commissioners spent nearly an hour debating resolutions with the county manager and attorney both weighing in. Commissioner Stan Etheridge introduced an amendment. Anyone who is duly licensed in North Carolina to carry a firearm as a concealed weapon uh, and is employed by Beaufort County should be stable enough to handle it in a situation where their life is being threatened in the lives of their co-workers. Governor Roy Cooper has ordered all North Carolina flags at state facilities to be ordered to half staff in honor of Fort Bragg soldiers killed over the weekend in Afghanistan. Governor Cooper ordered all United States and North Carolina flags at state facilities to be lowered beginning yesterday. A big recall at Toyota. Toyota's recalling nearly 700,000 vehicles because fuel pumps can fail. That can cause the engine to stall, adding to the risk of a crash. Now, this recall includes a number of 2018 and 19 models, including popular names like the Camry Corolla and the high-end Lexus LS500. The Army Corps of Engineers will award $281 million to a North Carolina city and county heavily involved by the hurricane Matthew and Florence. Surf City, North Thompson Beach, and Carteret will get the funding. You're listening to NCN New. National Football League has two championship games awaiting us on the weekend. It will be the Titans at the Chiefs. It will be the Packers at the 49ers. We have a storytelling question of the day for you involving a fan who for years has been teased by his buddies that he is a bad luck charm. In his case, the beloved team is the Kansas City Chiefs. A man named Charles Penn paid $258 on the secondary market this past week to be able to see the Chiefs host a playoff game at Arrowhead. The Houston Texans quickly went up 21 to nothing with the bad luck charm Charles Penn in his seats at Arrowhead. After consultation with friends, he left the game late in the first quarter with the Chiefs down by those three scores. After his departure, 
Of course, Kansas City stormed back to win 51 to 31. Charles Penn, Chiefs fan, even got a shout out from Patrick Mahomes after the game requesting, quote, please watch our next game from home. They had some fun on social media. It inspired our question of the day. As we talk football, college, and pro, LSU is your national champion. The Clemson Tigers are your runner-up. Dabo's dynasty is not over. Last night, to me, didn't say anything about the SEC or the ACC as much as it said a lot about this year's LSU team and to a degree, this year's Clemson team being not quite as good as last year's. Dabo and the boys will continue as the super heavyweight of the ACC. We'll see if Eddie O and LSU can maintain that status in the SEC. Question of the day involving super fandom storytelling, if you will, as we pick over some Major League Baseball, some college basketball, little NBA, little Carolina Hurricanes, a weird story from the tennis world, and some other headlines. What is the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? You could believe your good luck. You could believe your bad luck. You could believe that your attendance at a game matters the way apparently Charles Penn's attendance at a Chiefs game mattered over the weekend. I'd give you a lot of other reasons I believe the Chiefs came back. I don't think Charles Penn, innocent bystander, was the reason. But some of you are superstitious about your sports. Question of the day, whether you think you're a good luck charm or a bad luck charm, what is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? You want your team to win so badly that you either make sure you're there if you're a good luck charm or you make sure you're in that lucky seat if you're the good luck charm or you avoid being there at all as Charles Penn. He was there when the Texans scored three touchdowns and after his departure, what was it the rest of the way? 51-10 to 10 in favor of his beloved Kansas City Chiefs. You can jump in on that storytelling question at any point today. What is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition, whether you believe you're the good luck charm or, like Charles, the bad luck charm? In Major League Baseball, other than taking away a championship, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, by rule, could not have done a whole lot more than he did to the Houston Astros yesterday. The news came out, first and second round draft picks this year and next, taken away from the Astros because of their stealing signs cheating scandal, including during that stretch, of course, the run-up to their World Series championship just a couple years ago. Beyond the draft picks, they suspended for a year the general manager and the manager, the bench coach, if you will, A.J. Hinch. The Astros owner, Jim Crane, looked at the suspensions, and just decided to fire those two guys altogether. The Astros also got a $5 million fine. That is a record, and in case you were wondering, that is the maximum allowed under Major League Baseball's constitution. But people are asking today how many MLB owners would say, yeah, uh, for a World Series, I'm willing to pay $5 million, lose my manager, lose my GM, lose four high draft picks, But for a World Series ring, yes, I would do all of those things. Some believe Major League Baseball did not go far enough. It is certainly a severe decision, severe penalties. But you know my feelings about these things in sports and in life. If you don't bring out the sledgehammer for intentional violations of the most important rules, especially by high-ranking officials, 
Don't ever expect anyone to take your rules seriously again. That's the bottom line. This is an integrity of the game issue. I am glad the Astros got something close to a sledgehammer. I'm not sure what bringing a banner down would have done as we talk about in college sports or the major league level. You can jump in with your questions, comments, or reactions to that news as we, of course, have special guests all day long on the NFL, college football, major league baseball, college basketball, and other headlines of the day. With those guys in mind, it'll be Roddy Jones of ESPN in hour number two. LSU 42, Clemson 25 was the final score. Joe Burrow strikes again, the Heisman winner with five touchdown passes, ran for another score. Brent Venable's Clemson defense bothered him for a while, but in the end, it was all about those LSU Tigers over those Clemson Tigers. What, if anything, did that game say about the SEC in football or the ACC in football? I'm getting your emails and tweets. I see it more about LSU and Clemson. I see it less about conference versus conference, and I will explain why during the course of today's program. Darren Gant of NBC Sports and Pro Football Talk will drop by. We'll talk about the Titans' trip to Kansas City, the Packers' trip to San Francisco, Matt Rule as the new head coach of your Carolina Panthers, what his staff might look like, big decisions for the Panthers in the offseason, and, of course, you can jump in on the NFL really more broadly with the storytelling question. Charles Penn was there for his Chiefs game. They were down big. He left the stadium, and they won big. He believes he's a bad luck charm. His friends have been calling him that since 2013. What is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? You can share your story today at 1-800-849-2761. Roddy Jones on college football. Darren Gant on the NFL. Richard Justice from the MLB Network is going to drop by. Also, the Morning Lineup podcast. Longtime writer for the Houston Chronicle, among others, in his legendary career covering baseball. Richard drops by third hour remember it's not only the Astros penalty the Boston Red Sox are under investigation for similar sign stealing cheating it is not remember the runner on second base trying to decipher the catcher signals it is not that kind of cheating if you even want to consider that cheating it is clearly against the rules using technology to steal signs and communicate them in one case to the batters in the batter's box as the next pitch is about to be delivered. College football, NFL, Carolina Hurricanes, college basketball offers Duke at Clemson tonight. The Devils are only number three in the rankings, but I believe they're the best team I've seen in college basketball this year. Gonzaga and Baylor are 1-2. The Blue Devils are at least as good, if not better. Duke visits Clemson tonight. Remember, Clemson beat NC State down at Little John and then turned around and beat the Tar Heels famously in Chapel Hill. The Blue Devils are seeking their 10th straight win as Wake Forest tonight hosts Virginia Tech. Some are asking, how does this Mike Young guy at Virginia Tech in his first year, have more people excited about the Hokies than Danny Manning has excited about the Deacons in his sixth year at the helm? It's a fair question. Wake hosts Virginia Tech tonight. The Hokies, the surprise team of the ACC so far. Louisville visits Pitt tonight. The Cardinals are one of the best teams in this league. FSU goes against UVA tomorrow night. The Wolfpack has two games this week, not tonight, But they'll be favored against Miami at home tomorrow, and they'll be favored against Clemson at home on Saturday. If you're Kevin Keats, I think you have an NCAA tournament team 
it would be nice to go 2-0 and on your home court against those bottom half of the ACC opponents. Again, Clemson did beat the Wolfpack down in Little John. We'll see if they can turn the tables at PNC Arena. UNC is the ACC team that is off this week. They do play Pitt at Pitt on Saturday. The Tar Heels, of course, are in disarray. They have lost seven of their last nine, including back-to-back-to-back home games against bottom half of the ACC teams, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Clemson. Star freshman Cole Anthony, 19 points per game, freshman All-America candidate at the time of his knee surgery. He is expected back soon. When they made the announcement of his surgery in mid-December, they described it as a probable four- to six-week absence. Here on January 14th, we are essentially at the four weeks of the possible four- to six-week window. No word on when he will return. It is all about practice for Roy Williams and the Tar Heels, and they need it as they're off until that trip to Pittsburgh on Saturday. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Sam is with us as well. He'll be the first voice you hear if you dial 1-800-849-2761. We'll get into a lot of things, including with those three great guests. Storytelling allows for your calls now. What is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? Whether you think you're the good luck charm or the bad luck charm, Charles Penn, Chiefs fan, went the distance for his favorite team, left a playoff game after spending some pretty big bucks on his ticket once he saw things were headed in the wrong direction. Magically, he leaves the stadium, and the Chiefs roll over Houston the rest of the way. Good to see you, Darren Vaught. Thank you for your assistance on your announcement yesterday. I believe we share North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year honors I appreciate you tweeting that out and uh, having a role. I don't know if you voted for me or not. I voted for John (laughs) Forsland, so it was great that John Forsland, voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, and I got to share that great honor. Uh, Again, for each of us, actually, we're both multi-time winners now. So thanks to everybody involved, you, my other producers, my staff, my interns, our affiliates, our sponsors, our listeners, of course. Uh, It is a great honor to be named the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year with John by the National Sports Media Association. Shout out to Ed Harden, North Carolina Sports Writer of the Year, the legendary columnist for the Greensboro News and Record, John Forsland, of course, voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, Dave Gorin, the man who gets to call all the winners and share the good news. So shout out to DG from DG as well. Uh, anything you need to add to that? No, it's just it's pretty cool for me uh, for you to get one of those while I'm with the show. That's true. Because if not for you winning it the first time, you and I might have never met. I mean, we first crossed paths at the NSMA ceremonies right. where you were accepting your first award, and I had become familiar with the show because I was a student at Elon that year and, you know, struck up a conversation, and that's kind of what thing. started our relationship. Good so it's, thing, it's, man. It's cool. You're in year five as the DG Show yeah. producer now? Good thing we met back in 2014. <laughs> Who knows if it would have unfolded in a different way. Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. But thanks again to everybody who voted for me, and thanks to everybody who spends any part of any day listening to our syndicated statewide program here. We call it the David Glenn Show. Lines are open on the other side. I have more thoughts on 
LSU over Clemson in the Battle of the Tigers at New Orleans last night. NFL storytelling, but also some on the Titans-Chiefs game this coming weekend. Packers at 49ers as well. We'll get into a little baseball, given the Astros penalties. We'll get into a lot of college basketball, given the woes of the Tar Heels, the struggles of the Wolfpack, but also the promise of the Duke Blue Devils as they're back in action tonight and on a a nine-game winning streak trying to make it ten. Zion Williamson and Shea Gilgis-Alexander are among those in the NBA headlines. A weird story from the tennis world. Carolina Hurricanes lost at Washington last night. They are back home Friday and Sunday with the All-Star break in the not-too-distant future. You're welcome to jump in on those questions and comments. Did the Astros get too light a penalty, too heavy a penalty? I'll offer my t- more of my two cents, and we will welcome yours. And what is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? Charles Penn, Chiefs fan, went the distance for his favorite NFL team. He's been called a bad luck charm. He showed up this weekend. The Texans went up 21-0 quickly. He actually videotaped himself leaving the stadium in hopes that his departure would turn around the flow of that game. Sure enough, the Chiefs score 51 points and limit the Texans to 10 after he left the stadium. He documented the whole thing. Again, even got a shout-out from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes after the game. What is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition as that good luck charm or maybe the bad luck charm like Charles? You can tell your story today and share it with the great state of North Carolina sports fans by dialing 1-800-849-2761. Richard Justice, baseball guru, third hour. Darren Gant on the NFL, second hour. Roddy Jones from New Orleans, where LSU just took out Clemson in the national championship game. Do you know they already have a top 10 for next college football season? I kid you not. Vegas is always willing to give you odds. Whether you bite or not is up to you. 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can join us next on the David I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance, and I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances, and I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. In sports, I'm Jeff Hamlin. Alexander Ovechkin scored twice in the first period as the Washington Capitals defeated the Carolina Hurricanes 2-0 last night in the Capital One Center. Ilya Samsonov stopped 23 shots for the first shutout of his career as the Hurricanes' three-game winning streak came to an end. Peter Morozik made 28 saves for Carolina, who posted shutouts in its previous two games. It was the final game of the season between the two Metropolitan Division rivals. In men's college basketball, Sidney McGrath has been fired as the head coach at UNC Wilmington. The announcement came Monday night from Seahawks athletic director Jimmy Bass. McGrath, a former assistant under Roy Williams at UNC, replaced Kevin Keats at UNCW in April 2017. He had a 26-58 and record over three years. 
Assistant coach Rob Burke will serve as interim coach. Last night in men's college basketball, MEAC action. North Carolina A&T now 3-0 in the MEAC. They defeat Delaware State on the road 98-77. North Carolina Central defeats Maryland Eastern Shore 69-64. LSU is the national champion in college football after defeating Clemson 42-25 last night in the Superdome in New Orleans. Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow threw for 463 yards and five touchdowns while also running for a score as LSU wrapped up its third national championship since 2003. Jamar Chase had nine receptions for 221 yards and two touchdowns. The final Associated Press Top 25 college football poll of the season released early this morning. LSU finished number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, Georgia number four, Oregon number five. The only North Carolina team to finish ranked this season, Appalachian State. The Sunbelt Conference champions finished number 19. This is sports from NCN. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living Ben has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Betty can't say that in reverse. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Opiates has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody... I'm all for it. I just wish I would have had a warning. Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and ONDCP. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look. Flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. 
Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know, we're going to go back to it. We got a nice suite. I got I got Kelly and my three boys with me. We're probably going to get a ham sandwich or maybe some boot down or something. Go to bed and wake up tomorrow and do it again. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little Eddie O for you. LSU is a national champion once more. We do have lines open. We're talking NFL, college football, college basketball. Quick hockey note, Sidney Crosby is back today for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The superstar and multi-time Stanley Cup champion has been out for two months with core muscle surgery or after core muscle surgery. Major League Baseball has hit the Astros hard, but some baseball people don't think hard enough. College basketball is back in action. Duke at Clemson, Wake hosts Virginia Tech, Louisville visits Pitt in the ACC. NC State has two big games this week. UNC is off until Saturday. We'll get to some NBA and a weird story from tennis as well. Here are your questions of the day as we look forward to Roddy Jones of ESPN on college football, Darren Gant of NBC Sports on the NFL, Richard Justice of the MLB Network on the big news coming out on the Astros yesterday and at some point maybe on the Boston Red Sox as the investigation for sign stealing in a way that is clearly not legal continues of the Boston Red Sox. Remember, the Astros won it all in 2017, and they were the team that got, if not a sledgehammer, severe penalties yesterday from Commissioner Rob Manfred. Your questions and comments are welcome on those, along with the questions of the day. Out of the 15 options you had for last night's national championship game in college football, remember nine different channels, I chose the traditional ESPN broadcast kirk herb street and friends you had nine different channels there were also six additional options on the espn app what did you like or dislike about the option you chose i'm just curious because as a younger guy there was only one option when you wanted to enjoy even a big game now 15 that is the record as far as i have seen in college sports meanwhile the nfl related question of the day is really for any sports fan in any sport what is the furthest you have ever taken a sports superstition? Whether you were the bad luck person or the good luck charm, consider what Charles Penn did, Kansas City Chiefs fan, who has been told by friends he's nothing but bad luck for his favorite team. He's been told that since 2013 when he was present for a disappointing playoff failure by the Kansas City Chiefs. He resisted until this weekend. After paying $258 on the secondary market, to see the playoff matchup between the Texans and his beloved Chiefs. When the Texans scored three touchdowns early, he chose to record himself leaving the stadium as a good faith gesture toward his favorite team. Yeah, I spent 250 plus, but it's more important for you to win the game than for me to see the game. So I'm leaving. Sure enough, the Chiefs rallied. They win going away 51 to 31. With Charles Penn in attendance, they were down 21 nothing. Without him, they beat the Texans 51-10. Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, learned of this story and gave Charles Penn a shout-out after the game, asking him to no longer appear at any Chiefs games at Arrowhead. They had a lot of fun with that. We'll have some fun with your storytelling today. What is the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition, whether you were the bad luck or the good luck charm? 1-800-849-2761. There are times after a win or a loss where there's a lot to be drawn from both sides. Some people are hammering Lamar Jackson right now. 
when I think you could paint a broader picture about what went wrong for the Baltimore Ravens as the team that was 14-2, and that was led by the MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson, and just truly laid an egg this weekend at home, despite home field advantage, against an opponent that was dangerous, but overall probably not as good as the body of work they had built. Certainly the records indicated otherwise. There are other times where I think you more tip the cap to the team that won, and you don't necessarily draw too many grand conclusions in the negative for the team that lost. I bring this up because after LSU 42, Clemson 25, there were a couple of theories run up my flagpole on social media and in my inbox. What, if anything, for example, does this say about ACC football in general? Or some tried to connect these dots. When Clemson has to play someone in its own weight class rather than that little old cupcake-filled ACC, dot, 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 you know how those conversations go. I believe that there is some merit to some of these talking points, and I think others are just ridiculous to the point where there's no evidence to back them up. For example, as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. This proves ACC football is bad, or... When Clemson has to play someone in its weight class, dot, 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 Dabo's boys don't look so good, do they? If, if you were willing to look at the evidence, maybe you have a theory. I'm in favor of theories. I'm even more in favor of researching whether your theory has some evidence to back it up. If it was true that when the Tigers left their far more manageable neighborhood, I agree, the ACC in most years is not as good as the SEC in football, just like most years other leagues aren't as good as the ACC in men's basketball. That happens to not be the case this year in men's basketball, but you get the point. The ACC is usually looking up at the SEC and sometimes others in football. I've been at this for 33 years. I get it. There is the rare year where the ACC has not only a high-quality team at the top like Clemson, but some quality depth. Go back to 2016, arguably the greatest season in ACC football history. They had not only Clemson winning it all, they had Lamar Jackson winning the Heisman Trophy at Louisville. They had two different teams that finished in the national top 10. They had five different teams that finished in the national top 25. They had double-digit teams that went to bowl games. A large majority of them won their bowl games. They had a great head-to-head record against the SEC and other major conferences. It's all right there if you're willing to do your homework. 2016 was that great for ACC football. Not a mirage. Just as bad years have to be digested for what they are, good years should be celebrated for what they are. If it was true that when Clemson has to play someone in its own weight class, dot, 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 Dabo's boys fall on their face, Clemson would not have, along with Alabama, pushed aside all 12 regular season games, push aside any conference championship game. If the theory was true about Dabo, can't play in his own weight class, just likes to beat up on the little old ACC. Wouldn't they have an ugly record come the college football playoff? Like, wouldn't they? I understand a recency bias. Smart people get past what they saw late last night if they stayed up into the wee hours of the morning for the end of that LSU 42 Clemson 25 matchup. Smart people know that there's a bigger picture involved. 
And the difference between the imbecilic talking head who just want clicks and reactions even though he or she has no idea what they're talking about and no evidence to back it up and a more intelligent approach to things is looking at the big picture and doing your homework and gathering facts and evidence. And here's the reality. Do you know what two programs have the best track record in the college football playoff through six years of this format? It's Alabama and Clemson. And the Tigers are 6-3 and three with two national titles. And the Tide is 6-3 and three with multiple national titles as well. That's it. LSU just got there for the first time. And yes, swept their two games, the Tigers. But last night to me was a tip your cap to the LSU Tigers game. Not a throw a javelin at the Clemson Tigers game. Joe Burrow led one of the most explosive offenses statistically in the history of college football. And after Brent Venables confused him for a while last night, Joe Burrow struck again. And the Heisman winner ends up with five touchdown passes, and he ran for another score. And it was a reminder of why LSU was number one in the rankings. First number one, by the way, ever to win the college football playoff. As strange as that sounds, they're the first top seed ever to cash in that way. Just a piece of trivia for you today. Clemson had yielded about 12 points per game this season. Number one scoring defense in college football. Joe Burrow blitzed through that pretty quickly, didn't he? 42 points in the end. They had more than 12, what, early in the second quarter, I think it was. No quarterback had three touchdown passes in a game against Clemson this year. Joe Burrow had three touchdown passes in the first half against Brent Venable's vaunted Clemson defense. Sometimes you just have to tip the cap to the team that I think has more NFL talent by a little bit, had a little bit of a fun home-cooking, home-field advantage, but the Orange was all over that stadium last night as well. 14-1 and one, if you're the Clemson Tigers is nothing to sneeze at. Two national titles in the last four years, but also two other great seasons in what is now a five-year sensational run for Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers, and really a decade-long dynasty for Clemson under Dabo. Up there with Bobby Bowden's Florida State dynasty, yes, it's been that good numerically for Dabo and the Tigers. If Clemson really was the team that when it vaunted, it, it ventured into the vaunted SEC fell on its face, it wouldn't be 6-3. and three in the college football playoff. It wouldn't be so successful head-to-head against the SEC. How long or short are people's memories? As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761, what's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? And what, if anything, did last night say about the Tigers of Clemson or the ACC more generally? Do you remember what Clemson did against Alabama last year? I'm not asking you to remember stories from when you're a little kid. We heard about Clemson's lack of a schedule last year. We heard about Clemson having to step up in weight class against Nick Saban and the vaunted Crimson Tide. We heard about what the Tigers hadn't done against enough competition, the way the Crimson Tide had to battle with more behemoths in the mighty SEC. And many of those questions were fair. But in the end, what happened when mighty Clemson played mighty Alabama? It wasn't just a Clemson win, folks. It was a Clemson annihilation of the Crimson Tide, 44-16. to 16. It is okay to draw some conclusions from LSU 42, Clemson 25. But if you want to be smart about it, if you want to be fair about it, if you want to gather the evidence, you also have to include last year 
it was 44-16 Clemson over Alabama. You also have to include that a Clemson team under Dabo Sweeney that plays almost every year at least two SEC teams, often more. Remember, you're handed your ACC schedule by the office. Some years it's harder than others. That's not Dabo's fault. He plays the in-state South Carolina Gamecocks every year, part of the rivalry. I know the Gamecocks have not been great lately, but Dabo Sweeney typically also chooses to play another SEC team in the regular season. And then occasionally, like last year and this year, he ends up with yet another SEC team in the postseason. If it was really, hey, when Clemson has to step up in weight class, dot, 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 Dabo's Tigers can't hang with the big boys after falling, after gobbling up all those cupcakes in ACC country. If that was a true theory, Dabo would lose more of those SEC games. Do you know what happens instead? The two games he scheduled against the SEC this year in the regular season, Clemson 38, South Carolina 3. And I know you're going to tell me South Carolina wasn't good. And you're right. But Clemson 24, Texas A&M 10. And I watched that game. It wasn't that close. It was Dabo crushing Jimbo. It was a 14-point margin on the final scoreboard. It was way more dominant than that, as, of course, 38-3 over the Gamecocks suggests. Well, what if that was just a one-year mirage? The year before that, guess what? Clemson played both A&M and South Carolina, and Clemson beat both A&M and South Carolina. Oh, the year before that, Clemson played Auburn in South Carolina. The year before that, Auburn in South Carolina. You know what Dabo did? He won both, he won both, he won both, and he won both. And sometimes when you get the super heavyweight in the postseason, as he's done to Alabama a couple times, he beats the Crimson Tide as well, like last year in that 44-16 annihilation. In the other playoff games, while Notre Dame was the matchup for Clemson that one year, Clemson 30, Notre Dame 3 in the 2018 semifinals. A couple years before that, it was mighty Oklahoma of the Big 12. Wouldn't Clemson faceplant after gobbling up all those ACC cupcakes? No, it was Clemson 31, Oklahoma 0 in 2016. Oh, and the year before that, it was Oklahoma again. It was Clemson 37, Oklahoma 17. These are molly whoppins. These are annihilations of the teams that the Big 12 or sometimes the SEC puts up as the best in the business. Clemson lost a game last night to a special team under a special coach led by a special quarterback. Joe Burrow just set the single-season FBS touchdown pass record with 60 last night. And he torched others even more badly than he torched the Clemson Tigers last night, who again finished 14-1, and no embarrassment there. If it was really when Clemson has to play someone in its own weight class, the Tigers faceplant, they wouldn't be 6-3 and three in the playoff. They wouldn't have that dominant record head-to-head against the SEC. They wouldn't have two of the last four national championships. They wouldn't have five consecutive trips to the college football playoff. Some of that you can, be, you can do in part by fattening up on a not every year, but an often gettable ACC. You know what the more clear, more fair – Criticism of the ACC is there's no end in sight for the Clemson dynasty, and it's not clear who among the other 13 is well-equipped to challenge the Tigers. That's a fair criticism of ACC football. The criticisms of Clemson football are over-the-top, 
borderline ridiculous in many cases. They just had a 29-game winning streak snapped. Trevor Lawrence just dropped to 25-1 and as the Tigers' starting quarterback, and he's back next season for his junior year. Clemson will be among the Vegas favorites. They've already put out the odds for the national title next year. Dabo has a dynasty. Dabo lost a game. The fair criticism is, who is the best candidate to challenge Clemson? LSU has candidates to challenge those Tigers in the SEC. They might be great again. They have to deal with the Joe, Depar- Joe Burrow departure to the NFL. But we all know Alabama's not going anywhere. Georgia's not going anywhere. There will be other candidates, right? It's not as clear in the ACC. Who even ranks as close to the Clemson Tigers' weight division? Earlier, Florida State was that. Remember, Florida State won the national championship. It was only seven years ago, not like, you know, a light years ago. The ACC needs to provide more of the depth it had in 2016, more of the sidekick super heavyweight that it had for a while when FSU and Clemson were both pretty good and they were kind of going back and forth as the ACC champion. That team is nowhere in sight. Miami just had a rough debut under Manny Diaz, right? Justin Fuente has been up and down at Virginia Tech. Could it be Scott Satterfield, who just overachieved in year one at Louisville? Could it be Mac Brown, who just took the Tar Heels to a bowl game in year one? You might think that one or more of those is on the upswing. Could it be Bronco Mendenhall of UVA, who just went to the ACC title game? You could believe in any of them. It is harder to believe that any of them is ready to go toe-to-toe with Clemson in the 2020 football season that awaits us later this year. That's a fair criticism of the Atlantic Coast Conference in football. The Clemson-specific criticism is just ridiculous and an overreaction to the last thing you saw at the hands of a truly special LSU team. 1-800-849-2761. Your phone call's on the other side. Joel wants in on this college football stuff. Ian wants in on the Astros Major League Baseball scandal and punishment. You can be next on college basketball, the NFL, or something else. Floating question of the day, what's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? A Chiefs fan told by friends he was a bad luck charm actually left the game this weekend after paying big bucks for his ticket. When the Chiefs were down 21 to nothing, he left the stadium. They came back to win 51 to 31, and now he's more convinced than ever that he has to stay away from Arrowhead if he wants his Chiefs to continue to win. What's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition, whether you were the good luck charm or the bad luck charm? Your stories and those headlines, great guests later. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four (laughs) ties, not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. 
SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. My fellow Caniacs, hockey fans, and assorted cool people, believe it or not, your Carolina Hurricanes have only three more home games between now and the NHL All-Star break. Your options, Friday, January 17th, the Anaheim Ducks are in town for a 7.30 start. On Sunday the 19th, it's Military Appreciation Night with special ticket offers as the Islanders visit for a 5 o'clock start. On Tuesday the 21st, it's the Winnipeg Jets. Three games before the break. Learn more at hurricanes.com slash tickets. The decision to get a divorce was tough, but we knew it was for the best. And even though it's been difficult, we were able to minimize the time, stress, and money that often comes with the divorce process. We chose One Stop Divorce because it's affordable, simple, and a half million other couples have used it successfully. See for yourself at OneStopDivorce.com. With One Stop Divorce, we didn't have to pay any attorney fees, just a flat fee of $299. All we needed was a computer, laptop, or smartphone, and they guided us through the process. Just visit OneStopDivorce.com to see how it works. Even if you already have an attorney, you can save money on the paperwork by using One Stop Divorce. After all, why pay an attorney hourly to file divorce papers when you can do it yourself for just $299? Divorce is tough as it is. To save time and money, visit OneStopDivorce.com. That's OneStopDivorce.com. One Stop is not a law firm and does not provide legal advice. You hear that familiar jingle, and you get hungry. No wonder. That's because Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue has been serving up that down-home goodness for decades. Got a lot of folks to feed? No problem. Order up a party platter to feed five or 500, including all the sides, utensils, and that signature sweet tea. Then just slide down to your local Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. Break away from the everyday to Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. to the David Glenn Show. Darren, you're from the mountains of Southwest Virginia. I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Joel is calling from Raleigh and has an interesting comment or question on college football. Ian is calling from Greensboro and wants in on Major League Baseball. They didn't take away the World Series title from those Houston Astros, but they did hit them about as hard as you'll ever see a team hit. Illegal sign stealing, remember, is the scandal. Lost high draft picks. $5 million fine. You might roll your eyes at that, but it is a record, and it is the maximum allowed under the Major League Baseball Constitution. They also suspended the general manager of the Astros and the bench manager of the Astros for a full season. The owner of the Astros, Jim Crane, then fired that GM and bench manager uh, t- to kind of clean up that portion of the equation. We'll get to Joel and Ian and you at 1-800-849-2761. Who would have a better chance of giving a really good Ed Ogeron mimic, even if we just left it to to one phrase or a couple of words, the Philly in me might prevent a good Eddie O. Possibly. I I would try, though. You ready? You you give me your best Southwestern Virginia. I'll I'll go first. You ready? (laughs) And then we'll get the phone lines. Great guest later, Roddy Jones from ESPN on Tigers over Tigers. Darren Gant on the NFL. What happened this weekend? What awaits us next weekend? And, of course, some Panthers tidbits. Richard Justice on this Astros baseball news. Richard drops by from the MLB Network in hour number three. 
You ready? Here we go. You got to really clear your voice, right? <laughs> go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. A little force. You got to make it a little more casual, go, I think. Go Tigers. Go, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> is, it, is there any Philly in there? I don't hear any Southwest Virginia in you. No, no, no. Which I, I've eliminated the Southwest go, Virginia tigers. in my voice anyway. Go for the most Tigers. Part. <laughs> go Tigers. A little, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Go Tigers. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad. Thank you. It well, reminded me I, th- this morning. my devil. This I morning I, I caught myself, uh, the ESPN, I think it was, at ESPN on Twitter, had a, a a video that was just a loop of about twenty I clips saw, saw of Ed O saying Good "Go stuff. Tigers" and it was it was great. I found myself lost in it. Joel is in Raleigh, and next on the David Glenn Show, we do have a floating question of the day that allows for your statewide storytelling. What is the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition? A big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, who's been told he's a bad luck charm, showed up for the game this weekend, saw the Chiefs go down twenty-one to nothing, and then recorded himself leaving the stadium only to see the Chiefs come back as soon as he departed. So now he's more convinced than ever he's a bad luck charm and he's promising players of the Chiefs that he will not return to Arrowhead anytime soon. You can tell your story. What's the furthest you've ever taken a sports superstition, whether you're the good luck charm or the bad luck charm? Joel is next on College Football. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hey, uh, I want to say, first of all, I'd go go roll tide. That's that's pretty good, Joel. Good work, man. Better (laughs) than mine, actually. But, uh... But no, but uh, in regards with Clemson, I, I, I now I'm an Alabama fan, residing here in North Carolina, okay. from up here and stuff. But uh, in regards with Clemson and, and, and the schedule, schedule as a whole, you made valid points about you know what they did last year to Alabama and uh, in the national championship game. I wish that college football would would do in a sense not like they do it in college basketball, but would feature more, uh, I guess you could say, top 10 opponents meets conference or, or, or top 20 opponents meets conference having to play each other as a, as a, as a, out of, as a non-conference yeah. schedule every year. That would ever alleviate this. Uh, I thought Clemson, what they showed against Ohio State, should have shut everybody's mouth right. about them not being tough. That's a great I, point. If you're not really, really legitimately good, regardless of what anybody thinks of your ACC neighborhood, you are not taking out that Ohio State football team. You put the top three together, and most of us said LSU's going to kill Oklahoma in the one semi. The, the Ohio State-Clemson one, like, good luck figuring it out, and it was close, and the Tigers did get the Buckeyes. When you, whether you watched last night's game, there was NFL talent all over the field on both sides. LSU had a little bit more of it, and it came through in the end. Or the Buckeyes-Clemson uh, matchup, NFL talent everywhere you look, and Clemson got a couple breaks, made a few big, bigger plays. I'm, I'm on board with the ACC lacks quality depth criticism. You know, last year it was Clemson, and then Syracuse was the only other team in the national top 25. That's embarrassing. If it happens once, you just shrug your shoulders. But last year it was Clemson, huge drop-off, only Syracuse. This year it was Clemson, huge drop-off, only UVA. Other years it was Clemson, huge drop-off, only UNC, that really good Carolina team under Larry Fedora that won 11 or 10 games. So you just can't have that consistently, right? It has the, the ACC needs more years like 2016 when Clemson won it all, but there was also quality depth. I'll give the Tigers credit for this. They scheduled Texas A&M of the SEC this year. They scheduled Auburn of the SEC back in uh, 2016 and 2017. So even though, Joel, you know, your, your request for a rules change may 
or may not happen. At least Clemson under Dabo has been scheduling these games. They play South Carolina every year because of the rivalry. So that's one non-cupcake, although the Gamecocks have been struggling, obviously. But when you schedule, those Auburn teams were pretty good, if I remember correctly. Jimbo doesn't have A&M all the way back. But this year, A&M was a bowl team at least, right? And looking forward, Dabo still has at least one, beyond South Carolina, at least one big non-conference challenge. Remember, we all want more Auburn-Oregon, right? Didn't we learn to start this season? Don't we all want more Auburn-Oregon type games? You know what the Ducks ended up saying? I wish we hadn't played that Auburn game because then we would have had one less loss and we would have been the 12-1 and Pac-12 champion, and they wouldn't have gotten in anyway, maybe. But they would have had a chance, right? So they they view it, at not Mario Cristobal, but the Ducks fans view it as we should have played one less heavyweight because we might have gotten in if we hadn't had that loss to Auburn, right? Two losses and you're basically out of it the way the playoff works. So uh, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get to the point of a rule requiring you to play one non-conference heavyweight. Part of the problem is it's hard to define non-conference heavyweight. Like what happens if South Carolina is up for a while? And then Clemson has a tougher non-conference game every year instead of an easier one the way it has been lately. It's a little bit more complicated than just creating that rule. But in the end, the playoff committee keeps saying, you better be careful about scheduling down like Baylor has, or you might be left out even if you're, you know, 12-1. and So there's some incentive, but it's certainly a risk-reward kind of thing. We're back after this. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. NCN Sports, I'm Jeff Hamlin. Alexander Ovechkin scored twice in the first period as the Washington Capitals defeated the Carolina Hurricanes 2-0 last night in the Capital One Center. Ilya Samsonov stopped 23 shots for the first shutout of his career as the Hurricanes' three-game winning streak came to an end. Peter Morozik made 28 saves for Carolina, who posted shutouts in its previous two games. It was the final game of the season between the two Metropolitan Division rivals. In men's college basketball, Sidney McGrath has been fired as the head coach at UNC Wilmington. The announcement came Monday night from Seahawks athletic director Jimmy Bass. McGrath, a former assistant under Roy Williams at UNC, replaced Kevin Keats at UNCW in April 2017. He had a 26-58 record over three years. Assistant coach Rob Burke will serve as interim coach. Last night in men's college basketball, MEAC action. North Carolina A&T now 3-0 in the MEAC. They defeat Delaware State on the road 98-77. North Carolina Central defeats Maryland Eastern Shore 69-64. LSU is the national champion in college football after defeating Clemson 42-25 last night in the Superdome in New Orleans. Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow threw for 400 63 yards and five touchdowns. 
while also running for a score as LSU wrapped up its third national championship since 2003. Jamar Chase had nine receptions for 221 yards and two touchdowns. The final Associated Press Top 25 college football poll of the season released early this morning. LSU finished number one, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, Georgia number four, Oregon number five. The only North Carolina team to finish ranked this season, Appalachian State. The Sunbelt Conference champions finished number 19. This is sports from NCN. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative, and that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food. Because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Ian wants in on the Astros' punishment. Former UNC assistant C.B. McGrath has been fired as the head coach at UNC Wilmington. We'll get back into football, too, with your calls. Roddy Jones of ESPN next. 
if my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. MCN News. I'm Mike Riley. It appears the state Senate will not be voting to override a veto of the state budget. Conflict continues to arise around Governor Roy Cooper's desire for Medicaid expansion and issues dealing with teacher pay raises. During a press conference this morning, State Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger said... Democrats have decided that political loyalty to Governor Cooper uh, and his Medicaid uh, expansion ultimatum is more important. Uh, than funding for their districts, funding for HBCUs, uh, funding for raises for North Carolina's educators. Inside a Durham ballroom at the Washington Ducanon Golf Club, Charlotte City leaders determined what they should focus on during 2020. Councilman Ed Driggs tells WCNC News a new soccer team in town. That proposal is one of the priorities. Got the pending transactions with Tepper. In my mind, the $110 million is really just kind of a down payment on a larger vision that we have. It, it, it allows soccer to move forward, but I expect there will be many other conversations in the future. The first chief of space operations, General John Raymond, was sworn in as a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff today. Vice President Mike Pence. In June of 2018, President Trump laid out a vision. Reclaim America's heritage as the world's greatest spacefaring nation. And in those remarks, he called for the creation of the Space Force as the sixth branch of our armed forces. Road tennis players are suffering down under, some finding it hard to breathe in qualifying matches for the Australian Open because of poor air quality caused by wildfires. One had a coughing spell, and Maria Sharapova struggled during her match in Melbourne before play, it was stopped. So we were out there for over two hours, so I think from a health standpoint, um, it was just it was the right call from the officials. A Middlesex man is charged in connection with December deaths of a man on drugs. You're listening to NCN News.